Hello and welcome to Calling All Cars from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Calling All Cars, the copyrighted program created by the Rio Grande Oil Company. Welcome to police calling all cars, attention all cars. Investigator theater hold up in shooting at the Forum Theater. That's all. Rolls and quick. If you sometimes have popcorn at your home, you know that a considerable quantity of any ordinary, inferior grade of corn fails to pop. And you not only miss the pleasure of eating this delightful confection, but the unpopped grains get in the way of your enjoying those which do pop. This illustrates with particular clarity the disadvantages of ordinary sluggish gasoline. Only part of it burns. The rest gets in the way, so to speak, like the unpopped grains of corn. It flows down your cylinder wall, diluting the crankpiece oil or is discharged from your exhaust raw. Naturally, if less than all of a gallon of gasoline burns, it takes more gallons to drive each hundred miles. Rio Grande cracked gasoline may be compared to the choice of electric grades of popcorn which pops and gets burned. This is why you get quicker starting, more power, greater mileage. Los Angeles, Oakland, Maricopa County, Arizona, and many, many other cities and counties use Rio Grande cracked gasoline exclusively. And now, with the beginning of 1937, Pasadena, Phoenix, and Marysville, three of the most distinctive cities in the West, have started using. Already, Rio Grande cracked gasoline was powering more police cars, fire engines, ambulances, and other emergency equipment wherever it was sold than any other brand. Why don't you try Rio Grande cracked gasoline in your car? Be your independent Rio Grande dealer tomorrow. Again, we present Deputy Chief H.S. Seeger of the Los Angeles Police Department. Chief Seeger. Good evening, friends. Tonight you will hear a story that gives a very clear picture of the close cooperation of all departments of our police. The fine detective work done by officers assigned to the case made it possible to lay a trap that proved fatal for the criminals sought by them. Well, nothing more than a vague description of one man and an equally vague description of the car thought to be driven by him Detectives under the supervision of Captain McCaleb in charge of the Wilshire Division followed endless leads and eventually reached their objectives. It is this type of story that makes us realize the undeniable truth in the statement that crime does not pay. November 1933. A cold, bleak day made colder by an offshore wind blowing in from the San Diego Harbor to penetrate the squat barracks of the Marine base. Busily engaged in the business of watching his uniform, six-foot Marine John Bice expresses his contempt for the Navy in the time-worn way. Marine. Oh, 10,000 jobs lay down this watch to lick one sick Marine. Oh, 10,000 jobs lay down this watch to lick one sick Marine. Oh, nuts. 
matter, Moraine? Been having it out with the old man again? Yeah. You two are getting to be regular pals, communing with each other every day. What's the trouble this time? I'm a disgrace to the Marine Corps. I'm not fit to wear the uniform made something or other by the blood of the brave men who went before me. I'm... Uh, every time I hear that old sourpuss laying on, I want to push his face in. Why don't you? Yeah. Why don't I? Why don't you? Why don't about a million other guys who feel the same way? Because if they did, they'd land in the brig for life. Yeah, that's what I figured. But I'll tell you one thing. I'm not going to take any more of it. How come? How would you like to be in the city right now? Making whoopee with some hot little gal or drinking some rot gut in one of those swell joints I know. How'd you like that? <laughs> what do you think? I think we could be. Yeah? Yeah. And I'm not screwy either, so don't get that look on your pan. Suppose you sort of break down and tell this Marine how you're going to accomplish all this. You know, give me a clue. I'm going to skip this whole rotten outfit. Dessert. You mean just uh, walk out? I mean what I said. Dessert. Go A-W-O-L. Anything else you want to call it. What happens when you come back? I don't come back. Oh, you don't come back. That is, unless an MP gets a load of you wandering around, picks you up. You'll come back then. Listen. I'm not in the mood to sit here and argue with you. I say I'm getting out, and I say I won't be back. If you don't want to come with me, you don't have to. Oh, I'll come with you, all right. Meant to all the time. I just like to hear you get sore. It pleases me. Oh, yes, sir. Have a copy of this sent to the police with an inspection to forward to all cities. Line of possession, John K. Weiss and Leland Johnson. Description as follows. Both well-built, heavy set, six feet, Johnson age 20, size 21. Both appear older. If found, hold and return to Marine-based military police, San Diego. That's all. Yes, sir. Now, what do you think? This is better than messing around that lousy marine base? Yeah, this is plenty all right. Now, what we got to do is find some babes. We want to have a little sport. We're off to the races. But from the looks of this place, we won't have any trouble along those lines. How's your dough holding on? Well, I got over half my pay right here in the old pants pocket. Okay, Tony boy. Let's have a couple and get underway. It begins to look like a swell cruise. Yeah. Ah, uh, nothing. Yeah. 
Johnson and Bryce, the Playboy Marines, find themselves facing an unpleasant situation. That of either getting jobs and taking a chance of being recognized as deserters or returning to the Marine base and taking a severe punishment. They manage, however, to stall off the crisis for the remaining hours of the day, and that night Johnson keeps a date with a theater ticket sales girl made the night before. Hello, baby. Almost time to close up. Oh, you remember. Oh, what do you think I am? A guy that forgets things? Especially when it's a thing like you? <laughs> now, how about it, though? When do you like to join up? About now. All I've got to do is put the receipts away and close the box office. It won't take me long. Okay, baby. I'll stick around. Oh, uh... Where are we going tonight? Oh, I don't know. Someplace we can get a drink, maybe do a little dancing. Oh, uh, you know what I'd like? No, what? To go out in one of those canoes at the lake. To go out? Okay, you're on. <laughs> oh, I, I forgot. A kind of funny thing happened tonight. I, uh, I, I lost my wallet. Oh, did you have any money? Yeah, everything I had with me. I, I got more at home, of course, but, well, I didn't want to be late for you, so I... I thought I could borrow some from you. Just till tomorrow. Oh, sure, sure. That's all right. I, I guess I can trust you. Yeah, you can trust me. About money, I mean. <laughs> well, come on, baby. Stick that door away or whatever you do with it and let's get on our way. Okay. Hey, you sure got a nice wad there. All that just from the show tonight? Uh-huh, just a late show. Look, I could get a long ways on that much dough. Yeah, long ways. Uh-huh. Well, well, I'll take this dough back to the safe and the manager's office and be right back with you. Okay. I could go a long ways on that though. Just right there. Just ready for some guy to get. And later that night, after leaving the canoe-minded girlfriend, Johnson returns to his little room, bottles over a newborn idea for several minutes, and turns to bite. Hey, Johnny. Yeah? I lay off that magazine a minute and listen to an idea. Yeah, only wait a minute while I finish this story. Just now, you can finish it later. i got to talk to you now. Okay. Well, this is well time to stop in this particular story. Look, i got a way for us to make some real dough, Johnny, and we don't have to work to get it. Oh, you're drunk again. There is no such I'm thing. I'm stone sober, and i got a swell idea. Will you go in with me? I don't know. What's the plan? It's got to be a little dangerous. So what? Okay. Here's the whole thing. It struck me when I was talking to me tonight. Like a November 10th, 10 5 at night, in front of the cashier's window at a small San Diego neighborhood theater. What time's the second show over? 10 30. In 25 minutes. Well, it's fine. Now, listen, sister. Take this money bag and shove every bit of dough you got in and what you don't let a peep out of here. I'll blast you with this gun, you understand? Yes, sir. Well, don't make any funny moves either if you want to stay healthy. Oh, all right. Okay. Is that all you got? Yes. Okay, sister. Shove it back to me and sit tight for 10 minutes, and I mean it. Thank you. If you make one move after I'm gone, that's curtains. Oh, I, I won't. Honest. Good. Hello, sister. 
In one week, 12 theaters lose their night's receipts to the fast-moving Marines. Several small theaters in the area between Long Beach and Los Angeles experienced a sudden nerve-wracking visit. And as a result of the alarming number of reports coming, Captain McCaleb, heading the Wilshire Police Division, calls in Lieutenant Cromwell and McCray. Lieutenant for us, Captain? Yes. I've got a job for you two. Good. Well, he's got to be put on these theater robberies. There were two more pulled in this district last night. Yeah, I noticed the report. Well, I got 15 just like it here on my desk, and I don't want any more. Now, I'm putting you boys on it, and I don't care how you go about tracking it. But one way or the other, find out who's doing them and bring them in. All right, that's right down our alley, huh, Stromo? Sure. All right. It's all yours, boys, and I don't envy you. That's all. Hoping to get a description of the wanted men, Stromwell and McCray lose no time in driving to the theaters mentioned in the robbery report. Interrogating the cashiers. He had a cap on, so I couldn't see much of his face, but I think if I ever saw him again, I'd know him, and he was just, just, well. He kept calling me sister. Made me so mad I'd like to have slapped him one. Only I didn't dare on account he had a gun in my face the whole time. Yes, I got a very good look at him. He was pretty tall, heavy set, and he wore a gray overcoat. He had a, a gray cap on, but it fell off when he bumped against the window trying to get the shots out. I'd know him if I ever saw him again. Well, did you notice anyone else waiting for him? A car or another man? Yes, sir. When he left, he ran out and jumped in the car that was parked at the curb. It was uh, an Oldsmobile, I think. An Oldsmobile coat. Sort of gray-colored. Mm-hmm. You see who was driving it? Oh, man, that's about all I was able to notice. Yeah, well, thanks a lot, miss. Come on, Max. We'll get a flash on that car and see if we can pick them up that way. <laughs> Police calling all cars, attention all cars. Get on the lookout for a gray Oldsmobile coat. Two men thought to be using it in theater robbery. They're armed, so be careful. That's all. Hey, give me one of those, kid. Let's drop the whole thing, huh? Okay. 
Only any time you want to walk out, well, I'm not stopping you. You know that. Sure, I know it, Lee. But I wouldn't walk out on you. Ernest. Good. Get on your clothes and let's go look that theater over. We gotta figure a spot for you to park at. No more weight in front. It's getting too hot. Yeah, maybe you're right at that. I'll be with you in a second. As soon as I get the ladder off my face and pile into some dust. <laughs> Check back with you and we'll work the plans out. 
In the meantime, you and McCray be thinking about a set of signals. All right. And two nights later, with plans completed, 40 plainclothes men tear off into teams, take out in 20 Los Angeles theaters with orders to shoot if necessary to capture the bandits. And in radio cars cruising all through the district, policemen keep a sharp ear tuned to the receiving set. Ready to speed to any location the minute the call comes in that the suspect has been seen. It is shortly after 10 o'clock in the lobby of the Forum Theater on Pico Street. Inside, hundreds of picture fans watch with open mouths as the current gangster picture draws to a blood-stained finish. Just inside the main doors, from a vantage point where they can see the catcher's cage in the front foyer, officers James Heath and C.C. Jackson watch the girl for a sign that will send them into action. They converse in low tones. Are you sure if he got that signal straight? I hope so. I explained very carefully. If anything happens, he used to take the pie sign down. Yeah, that's right, isn't it? Yeah. Not that anything will happen. That'd be too lucky for us. Can you imagine the headlines? Special officers Heath and Jackson capture mysterious bandits or... Uh, Box office burglar beaten by boo. Yeah. Or maybe something like bandit blasted by bullet. Boy, is that something? <laughs> it is, but what I'll never know. Hey, look. The girl's leaving a cage and coming back here. I don't see anyone around. Wait a minute. It's almost closing time, and I'm going to lock up, so I thought I'd tell you about it before I took the sign down in case you might think it was a signal. Uh, how soon did you pick it over? Oh, less than ten minutes now. Well, it's a sense no one will wait this late to call anything. Go ahead and lock up. All right, thanks. Well, Charlie, there goes our headlines. No soap. Yeah. Well, anyway, maybe we'll get another crack at them tomorrow night. Some of the other boys don't do the job tonight. Yeah. Well, we'll wait until the people come out and then take a party. Yeah, I could use some sleep about now. Here, too. I, too, been raising the devil with me the last couple of nights. And slept with a darn. Hey, Charlie, look. Huh, that's funny. What? That girl said she was closed up and look at her. Just standing there lifting that money bag up and up. Hey, there's a guy in front of her. What? Yeah, come on. All right, throw that gun away and... Let him have it, Charlie. Okay. Throw that gun away. Okay. Huh, so you thought you'd shoot your way out. Is that right? Yeah. Get an ambulance, will you? I'm burning up. I'll ring for the wagon and call the station, Jim. You better take a look through his pocket. Okay. You... You wouldn't have been so lucky my gun hadn't jammed. Maybe. Now, take it easy while I see what you got on you. Sure. It don't make no difference now, anyway. Ah, pretty well healed with money, ain't you? Yeah. What's this? This looks like a receipt. I don't know. Received from John Vice for one week's rent, $16, 1752 West 50 present. Now, where you live? I'm just trying to find out. You got him, huh? Yeah, plenty. Did you get the other bird? Didn't see anyone else. Too busy with this one. I found a receipt on him, though. I think it's got his address on it. Let me see. Huh. Come on, Perry. Where to? West 51st Street. I got an idea we might surprise someone. There's the 5100 block. Must be right along here somewhere, eh? Yeah. Hey, look. Up ahead there. Just pulling up in front of that house. Yeah, kid. Looks like an Oldsmobile, doesn't it? Yeah. It is. And that's our boy. Pull up beside him and be ready for trouble. Okay. Wait a minute, Joe. Huh? Where are you coming from? Hey. Uh, Where's your pal? I don't know. This is your car? Yeah. You just come in from the Forum Theater, isn't that right? Yeah, 
That's right. Yes, too bad about your pal. Why? Why, he's lying on the sidewalk full of hot lead. Hey, you mean he's dead? Well, not yet, but it won't be long now. You're willing to talk? Yeah, I guess so. Okay, climb in our car. We're going to the station. <laughs> Attention all cars. 
cancellation of broadcast 165 regarding a theater holdup. Suspects in this case now in custody. That's all. Rolls and quits. Frederick Lindsley, bidding you good night for the Rio Grande Oil Company.